Running your own business can be lonely, finding reliable professionals difficult, and generating new business challenging, but not when you have a business network. NewGen Networking provides its members with new and exciting business opportunities, with the chance to build lasting relationships with vetted businesses who can act as your sales team and solve the issue of who to turn to in your hour of need. With a range of flexible and affordable solutions, NewGen apply tried and tested principles in a modern way to suit today's world. To find the right option for your business, visit newgen-networking.com or call 033-600-680. NewGen Networking. New business, new contacts, a new generation of networking. You're listening to the New Gen Podcast exclusively on the Pod Station. Here is an interview with one of our members from the Da Vinci Hub. So this week we've got New Gen's newest member, Phil Broders from Money Tree Financial. Welcome, Phil. Right, Phil. So getting straight into it yep. from the financial services side of things, why can you explain to us if, if a client or if anyone needed any life cover, pensions, savings, is it not easy just to go to your bank because they've probably got all your financial situation available or maybe even just go online and buy a product online? Would that not be a best option for them? Uh, well, it's, it's an option. It's not the best option. Uh, the issue with, with banks and some financial organisations is they are tied. They have only their own products to offer. They don't offer the whole market. So you may have a very limited choice on that side. The other thing we find is obviously when people go online, they may not be buying the cover they require. So they may have the wrong type of cover. So for example, for a mortgage, we normally recommend a decrease in term assurance because it decreases over time as the debt goes. Some people might take out a full life policy or a whole life policy, which is completely unsuitable because they don't understand what actual yeah. cover is. So what the users for is basically provide the information, provide the advice that points them in the right direction. And also, because of the network app on it, which is Quilter, um, we actually uh, can access our insurances from a wide variety of people for less. So you actually pay less going to a financial advisor than you would going online. Right, okay. So you just make sure they've got the right product. And, and just right make sure you've got the right product and the right level of cover as well. Yeah. So what is an ideal sort of an idea? What is a, a typical sort of client? What sorts of things are you working well, on with clients? At that's the very moment? interesting. I, I, I don't have any typical clients. I deal with uh, small business owners. I deal with some people who are quite rich and some people who have basically not much money at all. It's uh, we don't really have an, an element whereby we only deal with certain types of clients. We try and help as many people as we can. And what we tend to find is people who have less money need more help and support. Uh, I've got one guy at the moment. He's um, He's living on basically uh, state pension and state benefits. He suddenly found out he's got a defined benefit pension, certain type of pension. He didn't know he had. Trouble with him, he's actually got cancer and he hasn't got long to live. So what he wants to do is extract that money as soon as possible and pass it on to a friend of his who's looking after him. Um, I say he's not rich, but yeah. we try and help him as best we can. That's one of the things we do. 
Are you, are you doing a lot in the pension market? Because that's obviously yeah, pensions. It's 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 one of the main things I, I do with at the moment. It's, yeah, it's one of my areas of expertise. Um, for a number of reasons, we have, as I mentioned before, things like defined benefit pensions. These are where people work for a company for an awful long time, but the company basically holds their fund for them, yeah. and they will pay them uh, an annuity each year. Normally, it's about uh, 1.5 to 2% of the actual fund. The problem with that is, should they die, their spouse, if they have one, will only receive half that income. If she dies, mm. it's gone. The fund is retained. With a, a locked-in flexi-access drawdown pension, basically, the person owns the fund, the fund is basically transferred to them. They can take an income off that, but should anything happen to them, the fund is in, in its entirety, it's passed on to their spouse. If anything happens to them, that fund is then passed down the generations. It's in most cases, a much better option for people. But we tend to find is that certainly I'm doing a lot of work with self-employed people because only one in six self-employed people have a pension. Right. And those who do have a pension don't, don't necessarily have the right type of pension or, or putting it the right way. So I'm um, doing a lot of work where people, we can use the tax benefits of actually having a pension where they can actually uh, save tax uh, <laughs> by doing so, but also make sure they've got a future. Um, so yeah, a lot of self-employed people at the moment, we're doing a lot of pension work for them. Okay. Um, I know, I know a lot of people are concerned that maybe in the future they might have to be, if they're ill, or they have to go into long-term care, that yeah. type of thing. I think the feeling is that maybe if you've got any savings, investments, pensions or anything, it might be taken off you by the government. Are there things you can do? Can you speak to Yeah, there is. Um, there's also in Canada, one of the things, obviously, that is a major concern at the moment, because what you tend to have is that um, where people are having to go into long-term care, for example, uh, the council can access assets, which includes your home, if you're living alone and any liquid assets, so things like ICES, um, other investments, etc. So one of the first things we see people is going to speak to a, a will provider or someone who's good uh, with doing trust, put the house into trust. There's something called a tenancy in common trust, which um, a few people aren't aware of, but are very useful. Basically, you put the house into two names or three names, etc. When the council comes to sell the house to pay for care, you can't sell half a house. Right. because it's owned by two separate people, therefore the house can't be taken. One of the policies which we use a lot of, now you can't tell the council you've got this policy, but it's a really good policy, it's basically called an investment bond. And essentially it's um, it's, it's an investment, it gives you tax-free income, uh, which you can take off the, that point. It grows as, as an investment anyway, but it has an element of life insurance built into it. Right. And because of that, it's not deemed as a liquid asset, so the council can't touch it. So if you scrape all your liquid assets together, keeping about £20,000, because the, the council are looking for anything above £23,000. So we keep it right at £20,000, you can look at assets, everything else put into investment bond, the council can't touch it, because it's yeah. not a liquid asset. So it still grows, still have a tax-free income. So a lot of people who have elderly relatives are thinking that all, all that inheritance could yeah. potentially disappear. It's a great vehicle. Not many people know about it. It's a fantastic vehicle to use, because it does what it does. It you know, pays a tax-free income, and it's ring-fenced against council um, care costs. It's one of the things we do. So people need to come and have a chat with you, don't they? They do need to have a chat with you. So how can the new gen, this is a networking that you, I know you're very involved in, how, how can we help you? I think it's, a lot, it's just listening out for people who have maybe uh, financial issues, financial problems. I know I've had a couple of referrals already. Um, certainly pensions seems to be the, the, yeah. the big thing at the moment. Um, if you know anyone, or certainly new gen, know people who are in or have worked for a large company for a long period of time, they probably have a defined benefit pension. We're doing with an awful lot of um, companies at the moment. There's one company um, in Ellsbury Port, we're doing about 20 cases at the moment, right. where people, they, they have a defined benefit pension scheme and we're helping to extract those funds for the individuals. So elements like that, people who are approaching time, but clearly anyone who hasn't got a pension, 
um, so if they're self-employed should definitely get one. It's tax efficient, it's a great way of securing your future and it's the only way to get money out of your business into your back pocket tax-free. Any other way you take money out of your business, you're paying tax on it. With a, with a pension, you can take money out up to £40,000 a year for your limited company, put it into your pension fund and it goes tax-free. Saves your tax, can't beat it. Tax-free, that sounds good. Tax-free is always good. So before we finish, have we got any questions from anyone? Because there'll be younger people listening to this thinking pensions for all people, aren't they? Um, when, when do I start saving the pension? It's like probably when I'm, I'm like 50, 55, <laughs> 60, okay. 64. It's um, a good question. A lot of younger people are getting more switched on to financial services nowadays. Um, but one thing that I always use as an example is, because um, I'm doing this for uh, one of my clients, he's got a newborn baby, about seven months old, and he's, he's going to set up a pension for his baby. Sounds daft, but let's work it through. He only needs to put about £23 a month away into that pension. He can stop contributions when they're 18, they can then take on that pension. By the time they come to retire, they're going to have about between £1 and £2 million worth of funds. That's not bad to have for the sake of a little bit of, of um, investment. The younger you are, the younger you start, certainly with a pension, the more you're going to retire. And I, I come across an awful lot of people who are like 50, 55, saying, oh, I want to start a pension now, and they want to retire in five years on £30,000 a year. It's not going to happen. But if you start young, you can set up and through the power of compound interest, generate an awful lot of fund behind it by doing so. It's a great vehicle. And the younger you start, the more you benefit. And the less you have to put away, it's even better. I've got a question. Oh, I know. And it sort of relates to mortgages a little bit yeah. because you can take some of your pension a little bit early. You can. Uh, in fact, I'm doing that for a client over in um, Connors Key at the moment. He's got uh, two pensions. He wants to basically, he's got about £20,000 worth of mortgage left. He wants to clear the mortgage. So he's going to basically, not quite cash in, he's going to take part of his lump sum from one of his pensions to do that. We're literally doing that at the moment. But yeah, you can do that. You can use part of your pension to... Um, and that to can maybe it. take the worry out of having a mortgage later in life or wipe it out, save the mortgage payments and sort of help your future sort of thing. Exactly that. One of the things that I talk about is the fact that we talk about like um, Germans versus British who's wealthier. And one of the things we come across is where, as an explanation, most German people when they retire are still renting. So they still have to use most of the pension to pay the rent, whereas in the UK, most retired people, the house is paid off. It's already done. So they don't have that additional cost on there. It takes the worry away. But you're right. Um, if people have a large lump sum, it doesn't have to be that large, but have a lump sum, they can take that in its entirety and take little slivers of it, or they can use it as income. That lump sum is really, very really flexible. But we, do, we, as financial advisors, we try and say to people, clear as much debt as you can, as early as you can. If you've got a mortgage sitting over you, use the, use the part of the lump sum, clear that mortgage, the worry's gone. House is paid off, you haven't got to worry thing. Work thing on, on that basis, exactly. That's from your 55, isn't it? Uh, well, it's actually changed, it'll be 56 now. Um, what's happening is that the, um, I hate to say money, the government's extending the pension uh, age, so it's going to be, I know, 66, 67, 68, you know, it'll be like yeah. 85 or something we get to uh, the next time. But that's what they're trying to do because obviously the more they extend it, basically we're living longer. And part of the problem is the government have to find state pensions for more people for longer. And by extending the, the age, but so it means that if you want to access your pension, you have to roll back 10 years from the state pension age. So if it's 65 now, it's 55. Then it's 66, 56, 67, 57. That's how it's going to go. And it, it will carry on increasing. Can I just ask when that changed, Phil? Um, it changed, uh, I think it was last year. Um, basically, the governments have, it's, it's going to be a rolling programme, so they're looking every kind of five years. May, the thing is, it's a moving feast. The government may say, actually, we're thinking about five years, and the next budget could be three years, could be two years. There's no fixed, fixed date, it's not cast in stone. They can 
they could potentially bring it back the other way. It's unlikely, but they could. But changes on a regular basis. But it's it's in order to basically allow HMRC to manage the budget uh, to ensure that you know there's sufficient money around in the future. Because I say we are living longer, and state pension basically goes up um, on what we term triple locks is based on average earnings, based on RPI, etc. So you know inflation and, and the like. Now what we've seen this year is the fact that suddenly average earnings have shot up. So the government are now have the problem whereby do they keep track of that as they promised to do or not? And they're trying to fudge it at the moment, but that's going to cause a problem because the more average earnings go up, the more inflation goes up, the more pension has to go up, more taxation has to go up to, to accommodate it. So I always say to people, don't rely on state pension, get yourself a personal pension and take yourself out of that. That's great. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you. You. Get social at Network New Gen on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn.